If you love our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. You can find the link in the description. I've been your host, Gene. <laughs> hey, welcome to Create a Block. We're your host, Gene. And V, we interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Jesse Juono. Hey! Hi! Hi. <laughs> How's it going, Jesse? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited oh, to be it's, here. It's, it's our pleasure. <laughs> uh, you, just to give a brief intro, you are a writer, you are an artist, uh, you are a very nice person. Um, you, that is that is on your resume. I'm sure. I, oh, I should add it. You should, and uh, you also work in talent development at uh, Cartoon Network, mm -hmm. which is uh, that's uh, something that's unique for us. We haven't had any anybody that works in recruiting or in talent development on the show, um, and so uh, we'd love to hear your about your journey, kind of um, juggling the two, what that's like for you, and how one has inform the other has it helped you has it hurt you and you know whatever uh, you kind of have to say about that stuff sure but let's take it back yeah uh take us back to little jesse and <laughs> how you got your start and kind of what got you interested in art and animation and all that oh my gosh well um it kind of goes back to uh i was a 90s and early 2000s kid uh growing up with like disney what is it, the Renaissance years, the nice. 90s years? Uh, yeah. I think that's what they call it. Um, and just completely obsessed with Disney and Nickelodeon and pretty much any sort of animated content that I could get my hands on as a kid. And that was just kind of always very constant. Um, I grew up in Orange County in California I went to Disneyland a lot as a kid, so uh, just it was kind of always around me, and yeah, I it, it just sort of took over my, myself, and my parents definitely uh, noticed, and um, I would watch all the like behind the scenes footage uh, on like every. DVD that or VHS uh, at that point um, drawing. I love that you were like <laughs> watching the behind the stuff on the like on the behind behind the scene on the DVDs because it's like I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I mean, much later in my in my life, I did. But like, like, how old were you when you were like kind of when you started kind of like being interested in that? I feel like it was sort of like middle school <laughs> sorry are you told me not to use the eraser trying to draw and and talk is a challenge it is. we've just been that. doing it forever so this podcast yeah, yeah. is just an excuse to trap people into talking and drawing uh. yeah it's a it's yeah. it's punishment oh my god um yeah okay. so you were like in middle school that's so cool i love that i love that you were yeah. so it was like really cartoons right it like you were always kind of like cartoons are cool <laughs> yeah even when it was really like starting to not be super cool to my I had a few friends that were like really into the same um shows as me uh but it definitely was like oh 
you're still watching this okay and later on i feel like i saw people online that would be like we all love these shows and i'm like how dare you <laughs> yeah how dare that's that's a lie none of you were none of you were watching that but yeah i mean i was really um i feel like it really took off in middle school and i was also very active online even in like the early 2000s <laughs> um, what were your favorite communities yeah. online oh my gosh i don't remember their names but there were some nickelodeon ones um that were really popular uh i i actually ran a jimmy neutron form <laughs> oh my god oh really that's so funny that's I was, awesome i, I that. was like 12 and thir- 12 13 you know I, I i still have some friends from from those days too oh yeah uh, and it was really funny just looking back uh because i thought it was like a very long part of my life but i think it was only like six months um, because the the form that we use started charging, uh, and oh, I was no like way. not able to convince my my parents, like, hey, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm 13. I'm talking I'm talking to a bunch of strangers <laughs> online. Can you, you know, I me? my parents were like like techie sort of people. My my dad especially is like techie, and so even when I was like five they were like yeah you should talk to people on like aol and i was oh that's really cool no well now looking back i'm like what what are you doing and um they were all yeah no that that was the thing they were they were actually very right to trust me because i was like the goody two-shoeist of (laughs) kids still am (laughs) and uh so uh yeah i would be like looking for online communities at such a young age which is probably not like super weird anymore although like no i think it's the, that's the norm yeah it's, it's at the time yeah. at the time it was it's true it's it's it is true that discord now is like kind of like the new kind of like the forum. rebirth of like forums yeah. because it is yeah. because, you know like at the time yeah it, it was like forums were a big thing but it was so slow but also it was nice because you had all the different type of communities like it wasn't just like social media like what like internet is right now but discord kind of like put the old internet back um yeah that, yeah this is a bit of a tangent but i i find that really interesting because like yeah it started with the forums I, I also ran a forum when i was 12 so i relate to that hard. <laughs> oh my god uh, and it was i think it was like an uh an envision free forum which was like it was free. They never charged for it. And uh, it's it's still up, but it is just like ravaged with viruses and malware. Like no, I went no. on there and it was like all spam. Um, but yeah, it's funny how everything funneled into these like, you know, three social medias. And now everyone's breaking away from it and going into discords and all these other little like sub communities. And it's just gone full circle back to where it started because people prefer to have these like little safe private spaces. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was, it was um, nice. Yeah, it was. It was. It was nice. Um, although, like, really hard to navigate. Like, I think as a kid, like looking back, like, wow. Like, actually, the the cool part was that uh, some of the artists from the show really? uh, found us and would like come in and talk oh, to us. Really yeah, cool. yeah. Um, they're like wow. animators and you know, like Jimmy Neutron. They were in texas um so they would they were so nice and would answer our questions and all we would be such we were kind of brats we were like what about jimmy and cindy and and you're like looking back like 
oh, I see like the connection now as an animation professional being like, dang, they were so nice to us, even though we were like, what about our ship? Yeah. I have to, <laughs> I have to ask, how do you know that it was really them? Um, actually, I still like. There's a couple of that I'm still like Facebook friends with. They're okay. real people. <laughs> so they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because, like, I, I know there are people who would go on and just impersonate people. That's true. I don't remember how we like determined it, I, except that they, they all wrote nicer than us, like thirteen. Year that olds. is a good sign. <laughs> they, it's like you can tell when somebody's an adult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were. I, I don't know if they showed us like a picture of something. I, that's a good yeah. question. I don't know if we like. Super I'm sure you figured it out it. in the moment, but I yeah. find that yeah, I I know. So like, I, when I used to um, Nintendo used to do this like yearly camp thing. I forget what it was called. You might remember. Um, I don't remember what, fuck, what was the name, but like yeah, they would do this thing where it was like a virtual camp. And uh, you could sign up and there would be like uh, giveaways and stuff. And I remember I was in like the chat of this virtual camp and what I somebody who said they were Miyamoto showed up and was like, hello, I am Shigeru Miyamoto and I'm here to talk to, you know, and we were all like, oh, like we were so fucking hyped. And Ah! to this day, I'm like, I don't know if that was actually Miyamoto. (laughs) I don't think that was actually him. But but yeah, I don't know. We, we were so it, the internet was small enough then that it's it was also easier to believe yeah because it's like well yeah like this person's probably this person. yeah you weren't exposed to all the like now but there's like a lot of like like it's pretty common like you're you know there's like scam there's like all that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff yeah, so yeah. phishing so you're oh, like yeah. more wary i guess but at the time it was more like it's guys chris evans uh just dm'd me clearly it's, yeah it's, it's definitely captain america <laughs> there, was, uh, there was like a, a trending twitter topic that was like uh that keanu reeves dm might not be what you think and i'm like who what idiot gets a dm from keanu reeves and is like this is definitely keanu reeves oh like what it's like no that's a scam but i don't know no, what to tell you. No, no, but anyway no. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you were running this forum, this <laughs> uh, fan forum. Yeah. Um, and now that's official on the internet forever. Um, yeah. I'll it, own it. Love it. it yeah, I, I do. I, I said it a, a WIA mentorship panel. I was, <laughs> was <Okay. in. laughs> yeah. um, yeah. And so I think that was probably one of my earlier exposures to like, oh, people like, do this as a job and um actually even think it's funny that i used to get really hyped on finding like mistakes in animation (laughs) and like like pointing them out and uh the the funny thing now looking back i was like wow i was being like a pa in a retake session like (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 and I'm like, oh, wow, I was, like, preparing myself to be a PA, even though my family was probably, like, you should probably, like, get off of the um, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that stuff's fun because it's, like, it's almost like these little secrets. You're like, hee, hee, hee. Yeah, for sure. They, they forgot the color of the scent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to, I mean, I, I don't want to be, like, the person that's, like, ooh, they're, they're getting it wrong and the everything's terrible on the show like no it's it happens there's 
these shows are so expensive and it's so it's just like a house of cards to... and like it's hard enough to just to keep things running i don't think we knew that as kids now it's yeah. it's more like, like <laughs> i'll see it and i'm like i know what happened here i don't know it's like i i like i yeah. can like feel what happened in the pipeline <laughs> um, we ran out of retakes okay yeah it's it's yeah it's amazing that anything ever looks right honestly like it's oh, a miracle sure. where everything turns out it really um, is so so yeah much. So you were already preparing yourself for, for <laughs> yeah, and I was lucky enough to be semi close to LA that like sometimes there would be like signings and my parents would take me. Oh, I'd yeah. be like the youngest person there, and um, you know, I got to meet like a few heroes, like kind of young, and that was pretty cool. Um, and so I was really determined to go to art school and you know like live the mm. I'm pretty sure I wanted to be like an animator like Disney feature <laughs> at the time and you know at that point it was really really dying off for 2D uh, animation um, at least you know from a feature animator uh, side so I, I went I found yeah. a local art school uh, that shall not be named, but <laughs> uh, I went to art school. Um, was so exciting because it was the first time I was really connecting with um, people that loved animation too and wanted to be um, doing the same things. Like that was so exciting. I I had a little bit of it growing up. I in that like you know, since we were so close to Disneyland, generally everyone, like, at least, like, like liked a little bit of animation. Um, and I would, uh, I even remember, like, I would write, like, kind of fan fictions about my friends and I going on adventures. That's so <laughs> sweet. That's <laughs> and, really cute. Yeah. I would read them during, uh, during, like, our, um, our lunch breaks and, they were so so wild and uh it was funny looking back at it because i I wrote it in script format (laughs) without really really yeah that's so cool yeah i don't know why (laughs) you just like a script like a like a like a stage play kind of like more like theater or kind of like uh screenwriting i think i was just very like oh i like the dialogue part and i didn't know how to i didn't i don't know if i knew how to like describe the rest of it so i kind of had like it, it looking at it it's a very crude script <laughs> um so yeah so I went to art school and uh you know that was a good experience for the first few years and um I managed to get an internship at Cartoon Network that oh, nice. happened yeah that happened kind of a little crazy because when I um when I applied, um, <laughs> I joke that I, I saw a friend, uh, I, like literally it almost, it happened in kind of a, a, a funny way that I had this extra class at school that was sort of about like preparing portfolio stuff that we had, we were able to talk to people kind of like an early Zoom class but the technology did not work at all so half the time we weren't able to actually talk to the people that we were supposed to like 
get portfolio advice from. Uh, so one day it wasn't working and our teacher like taught us how to do like a resume. And um, so my uh, teachers decided to teach us how to that this one random day where like none of the technology was working. They decided to teach us how to do a cover letter and resume and fake apply for like an internship. Okay, that's um, really cool. And I, you know, I saw a friend because of that got into um, Blue Sky and mm-hmm. may it rest in peace. All right. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, she can do it. Like, I can totally do that. And uh, I like prepped everything and applied and um, I got a interview uh, with one department. And it went like really well. They they actually nowadays now I like I actually help like help helped uh bring like interns in. It's such a different process, but they actually like had me come to the studio to interview, which is kind of uh crazy mm-hmm. to think about now because now everything's like Zoom like interviews. Oh yeah. Uh, and well, for like for the most part, but um. And I had a good interview and then I ended up not getting it because uh, they decided they were going to go with someone who was closer to graduating. And I was like, go, I was like finishing my second, I was finishing my sophomore year. Uh, And I remember getting the rejection call and I was like watching Coraline at the movie theaters with my friends. And I was like, Oh, Oh, this is a bummer and uh my <laughs> friend was like well why don't you just ask them if there's anything else and i was like okay and i called and said thank you and like hey if there's any other openings like let like let me know and for whatever reason they they were like yeah okay let's oh. let's interview you on this um on this other show and it was actually on a show which was cool because before it was like just uh, a different department and um and when I came in the second time I interviewed and I ended up interning on um I don't know if anyone remembers it but it's called Fire Breather it was a cartoon network their first like produced in-house CGI movie and it was directed by Peter Chung um, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah, it's you look it up. It it's pretty it's pretty I, um, cool. Yeah. Um, they was gonna. They, I think they wanted it to be more movies, and I think they had some sort of like I don't know, like legal issues. They weren't able, able to make more, but yeah, that was my first um, experience. I got to come in as an intern early on in pre production on the show, and it's pretty it's pretty wild to like suddenly be at like have all the dreams and then come into cartoon network and i was like 19 <laughs> like so you were still, a wee in, baby. You were still in college <laughs> yes you were a sophomore in college and and uh so you you applied for an internship i just want to i want to like spell this out because i think it's really cool so you applied for an internship you didn't get the internship yeah but you just asked if if you could interview for a different, for like an actual job? No, no, no. I, I, 
asked if there was any other internships. Um, internships. Got yeah, it. Okay. That I could get uh, interview that's a, for. That's awesome. Either yeah. Way, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if that. Happened. That was like a great friend to have. Yeah. yeah. I love that your friend was just like, just ask them. And yeah, that's so yeah. cool. I love that. So I, I want to like yell that, like, don't be afraid to ask for things. Cause it's like, oh, I yeah. think yeah. everyone is like, oh, I'm rejected. <laughs> I'm done. You know? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's like, I, yeah, you're really right about that. And I, I was going to say like, sometimes you just don't have the idea, you know, like it was just so great that you weren't yeah. afraid of sharing that something didn't work out for you to mm -hmm. your friend, because if you hadn't shared that your friend wouldn't have been like, well, why don't you like ask? I think that's super great. That, yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of, uh, wild because it really changed like my whole life. And sure. I, I don't know, even know how, like, easy that would happen anymore it's just yeah. like because nowadays it's like you don't even get a chance um just to, to like call them back it's like uh it but but i do think there is something like to learn from it and even nowadays i'm still always like trying to like push myself to be like you should just ask for the thing yeah let people know you want a thing and you know a lot of times it's still gonna be like oh no it doesn't sorry. always work Mm -mm. Yeah. I do feel like sometimes it's like I would say like the current version of it would be kind of something like if you have an interview with people and you have their name just you know kind of like follow them on social media don't be a creep uh, but yeah. follow yeah. them on social media <laughs> and Asterisk, maybe they'll you know <laughs> maybe they'll follow you back and you know if they follow you back and they see your art like I think that would I would say that would be kind of somewhat like the equivalent of like yeah. or maybe they're like oh that person was really great uh, maybe they're actually staffing up on the show and they'll reach out that way, you know, like just showing the interest I mean, in that way. As a recruiter, I'm like constantly following people that I, and you know, every recruiter is going to be totally different and sure. have yeah. different takes on it. But, um, you know, I'm always following people and trying like my best to look out for them. And, and like, if one thing doesn't work, you're, you know, hopefully it's going to be, uh, something else. Yeah, exactly. Down yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a, it's just trying things, you know, like it's not, there's no one clear path. We talk about it a lot on the show, but there's no one clear path. And if, if you want to succeed, you got to try everything and something will work. One thing yeah. has to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, it, it's true. Yeah. Like kind of just that, I feel like that's a lot of my own life is just kind of keep tr keep trying to do it that is yeah. that is like um, the circle of life you gotta keep trying and failing and then you it works eventually <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like lying yeah, to it's very influential so yes absolutely <laughs> yeah we're not nobody is destined for anything you gotta earn that shit mm -hmm. um but uh, unless you're born the king of the lines, I don't know. But um, <laughs> the, the lesson there is murky to me. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, you landed at uh, this internship in Country Network, and kind of where did that take you from there? Um, I went back to school after that, and definitely felt like this crazy drive to be back in animation. Like once you get a taste of like, oh yeah, oh my god, this is what it could be, and what like life can be outside of like the whole school system it was just immediately like 
oh, I, I want I want to go back to that. So I was very like, you know, uh, motivated to mm-hmm. um, keep going, trying to get more internships. And the 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 summer after that, I ended up uh, getting uh, a DreamWorks internship um, over at the feature. Uh, that was really cool. I was part of the, uh, artistic, what was it? It was like called show development. Um, yeah, so, so two yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's cool. I actually had, I, I'm not even done oh, yet. Wow. Actually. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Okay. I know. Actually like to a point where my, um, not super nice professors were, uh, like mad at me about it. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. What? Um, like what? Is it because like you, know, you were spending too much time outside of school? Like that's kind of interesting. I think a little, a little bit of it, and I think it was a little like share the the wealth with everyone else. And I was like, no, I I know, like I need to build connections. I like knew that very early on, and uh, yeah. So I I was it's pretty pretty crazy. I went, I interviewed for show development which was kind of it was like part of the streamworks library area they had a library so there was people that would um i like request like dvds or books for research purposes and we would like help get that for them and we would also do research um for for some of the movies and we would what else we would uh, i would scan a lot of like art I got to scan some like original Prince of Egypt paintings and oh, cool. that was really cool and terrifying because I'm like, oh my God. I'm <laughs> don't drop it. Don't, don't drop it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as both like a Jewish person and an art lover, I was like, like animation God, a Jewish <laughs> God, don't strike me down. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, so it was really cool. Uh, the, the crazy thing about it was uh, that is, they, they, they were, they told us like, okay, it's down to you and this one other person. Um, and, you know, we're going to see if we can try and get two interns. And, uh, I ended up, uh, and they ended up taking both of us. And that second person ended up being Jackie Wong, who ended up years later being my boss. (laughs) Oh, wow. for for four years at uh cartoon network so uh that that was so cool we we kind of i felt like we always started off sort of like a little bit competitive towards each other like oh i would do something really cool that and good that my boss is approved of and then jackie would come in and do something like way amazing and i was like i gotta i gotta keep going and uh we ended up becoming really good friends um it like a lot Friend, of side uh, friendly rivals yeah it's like yeah. become good friends become co-workers <laughs> and it's yeah, a goku and vegeta dynamic right there yeah uh that, that wound up being on like a side like i briefly was um she had started a program called motivarty i don't know if uh, you guys remember that program but it was basically like a it started off as classes and then it turned into like a mentorship program where we had all these like animation pros uh, that would select an artist to mentor uh, for like 10 weeks. And uh, Jackie had started that up and I was super supportive of it because I thought it was such a great idea. 
and um then like she brought me on as kind of like a director of communications which was basically like I wrote blogs and helped promote it and helped uh go through the uh like applications and everything and then when she you know we decided to wrap up Motivarty that ended up uh leading mm. into her going to Cartoon Network as like their head recruiter so I'm jumping ahead a little <laughs> on my Sorry. like life story but yeah it's pretty so that coming back to say like I always tell people especially if you are lucky enough to become an intern at any of these studios like hold on to those relationships because uh, yeah. you like you don't you, when you have people that are at the same level as you you get to support each other and pull each other up you know when things are hard and when things are good so um yeah that was that was pretty cool uh that was a really great experience and I wanted to intern on one of the features so um (laughs) yeah I ended up interviewing Mm -hmm. and getting an internship for the fall (laughs) uh on Rise of the Guardians which was super super cool and that was uh that was an amazing experience. I got to like work with Peter Ramsey and mm-hmm. uh, kind of in their art department. And at that point I started having some struggles with school because the summer internship had been kind of like 40 hours a week, completely dedicated to, you know, working full time at yeah. the studio. And then I went to splitting it, driving from Orange County to um, LA like several wow. times a week. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then ended up having this big falling out with my uh, my professors and decided to leave the school after that semester. And um, that did not come lightly. It was really, really hard, tough time for me. A lot of people didn't necessarily um, understand oh, yeah. everything that happened. So I kind of lost like almost all of my friends at yeah. that point. Um, and I, so I, but I felt like, okay, I've had the, all these internships. I've started to build these connections. I feel like I have the ability to at least come in as a production person. I knew I didn't have like the, the chops to be um, hired as an artist. Cause I could at least kind of like make that connection with my work to what, was being like what I saw people doing um but I figured like okay I can at least try to uh you know come back in uh for um for production uh and it was a very difficult time because there were people that wanted to hire me like there you know DreamWorks there are some people that wanted to bring me back but there was like <laughs> this was the time that I think Megamind hadn't d- done super well so they mm-hmm. kind of had um I don't know if they had layoffs at that point but they pretty much had to uh freeze on hiring anyone from outside the studio that's so sad so I, Megamind is like so yeah. underrated I love that movie I know I love Megamind I used to have a giant standee that I had taken from the studio <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great his his neck broke though <laughs> like he he 
like tried to like fix it, but uh, yeah, his head flopped over. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I was really sad about that because I really loved that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, so I worked at Disneyland for a little while. Uh, funny, funny story. I I actually had like uh, interviewed for Disneyland. And then the next day I was interviewing for Disney TV animation, like a secretary role. And I was like, oh man, like they're, they're back to back. And I was like, what do I do? And uh, I got the Disneyland job and I didn't get the Disney TVA job. So I was like, all right, like that's fine. I've always wanted to work at Disneyland. Uh, and this will at least bring in some money until I can kind of figure out like, what what to do next and um I so I worked at Disneyland for like a few months and it was really it was really great for me because I was able to kind of just uh come back to like figuring out who I was and meeting new people that you know didn't have this like association Mm. with you know, the drama I had just left. And uh, uh, so that wound up being like this really nice experience. Uh, and then a few months in, <laughs> the Disney TV animation people contacted me again and were like, hey, the person we actually hired for that spot, like got promoted into something else. And we thought of you. So you want to come back and uh, interview again? Whee! So <sighs> I did, and I got hired. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I didn't have, like, I had literally been like, maybe I should go back to school. And then I got hired and was like, no, nope, not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was very lucky. And uh, that was about 10 years ago. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And so from there, I was, I was, like such a long way to get back to there but um from there I was uh I was on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Minnie's Bowtoons for a couple years I ended up going to after that I went to DreamWorks TV um I was on Dino Trucks as a PA I swear I met my husband Ben um and after that, I was like, I went to WB uh, as in, like, I call it APM, um, kind of a coordinator level. And uh, throughout that, I was still like struggling. I was like, I want to jump to the artist side, but it just was not mm-hmm. working out. I was like talking to a lot of people and I was trying to test and I was trying to put a portfolio together. And I did actually eventually get to board and write on an episode of Mighty Magiswords, um, mm. and which I always proudly say got me a, um, I got a Mean Girls reference into a Cartoon Network show. Nice. <laughs> what was, was the reference? Um, so and the main guy, the main character, like they're in a, they're in a cave. And, like, some um, mummy dogs come chasing after him. And he gets, like, a a sword that turns into Mm. a bone. 
and he throws it and they go after it and he's like cool i made fetch happen oh that's so good <laughs> I'm like, that's oh, so clever. I, I can't believe that that, uh, that got through. But um, oh man, ten out of ten joke. <laughs> I really thank, like that. Thank you. <laughs> well, from there, I, I I had a really tough time with storyboarding, and and to be fair, I was also during the day doing my <gasps> production job and trying to board um, a really crazy schedule to like three a.m. and I it was so hard, and I was. And I was like really struggling through it. Like I really kind of got to a point where like, oh, I don't know if I can really be a board artist. Um, but the thing I, I at least sort of kept coming away with uh, was, mm-hmm. oh, I, I really like the writing part of this. Um, and the uh, so I so I decided like to sort of pivot there and try my hand at, at like screenwriting <laughs> and uh right yeah <laughs> yeah so I kind of like pivoted towards towards writing I tried writing some kind of spec scripts which to those that don't know is like a script based on an existing show to kind of show that you can write in the voice of uh you know, an existing show. And I tried writing some originals and I like reached out to people that I super admired and some of them gave me feedback. Some of them gave me really, really tough feedback, which was good. Um, uh, (laughs) You know, caused a little bit of a little crying, but you know, that's cool. I Uh, (laughs) I think that's always bound to happen, right? I feel like when I was, yeah, when I was, I don't know, I think I've talked about it in my episode, but um when I was like showing my portfolio, like kind of at the end of college to some of like the, like the, uh, not professors, but like, you know, uh, guests, I guess, guests like jury, like um, jury or whatever. Like one of them was like, you, sure, yeah. you call, you call those, you call those drawings, you call those animal drawings, oh, like just go back to the zoo and draw more. And I was like, oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause it was like, wow, wow, wow. yeah. Like, cause it was like supposedly like animal drawings, whatever. So yeah. Like sometimes I think, I don't know. I think it, I don't think you can go through an artistic journey without getting at least no. once like that kind of feedback, you know, right? Like someone for that's sure. just like extremely judgmental and like putting you down for whatever reason they have. Yeah. Which is funny because now I like have a very different, it, it really like pushed my philosophies towards like how I approach portfolio reviews. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad I went through those experiences, but that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, so I struggled, but I like I met a bunch of people and just really started to be like, hey, like this is what I want. This is what I want now. It's changed. Um, it was really really hard to go through that uh, acceptance of like. I didn't want to be a board artist anymore. Um, it was really hard because that first super long time, um, that was all that was all I was about, and uh, I kind of felt like a little bit of like a betrayal uh, to my younger self. But I think once I started doing like screenwriting, I was 
significantly happier with like the results of what I was doing uh, compared to when I was trying to storyboard. And I think that was, that was a huge difference for me is just like, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. like I still love drawing. I can still obviously here (laughs) still do drawing, but I, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like the thing I do completely for a living. But as a result, because I have the experience of drawing, I feel like I have a lot of, um, I, it, it's like an extra skill in as, as my, for myself as a writer, because I feel like when I talk to, to other writers, they're, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always writing to figure out how to make something really visual and I can clearly see it, like, kind of drawn even in my head. Um, at least for me, it's it sort of helps in that respect. And so I appreciate having it, even if it's not uh, something I do, um, you know, for uh, my, you know, for my day-to-day, like, job. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's, like, really great that you mentioned that, that the ability to write uh, visually because... I, I do think for well, depending on the show, right? But like when you write for cartoons, mm-hmm. it's just it's just so much better if you can sneak in. I think Kira kind of talked about that a little bit in her episode. But yeah, like if you can sneak in more like visual slapsticky kind of like gags, that's really taking advantage mm-hmm. of the medium, right? Because else it it, it would be oh, just sure. like else it's more like live actiony type of writing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and like I love animation so much that I love being able to have like so many of those like the right things for it that make uh that just really take advantage of like how how much you can do in animation and how charming animation can be and like how um visual it can be rather than just being funny lines um so so yeah so I wound up getting um a little bit of writing experience. Did you, um, by any chance, like read any books or like attend like workshops or what was kind of like your path into like branching out into writing? Do, like, um... yeah, I I feel like I read. I just kept reading the scripts that from like the shows I was working on. That was mm. a big part of it. Um, sometimes I was like, I was reading some some stuff that I was like I don't I don't understand what's going on here and I kind of took a lot of lessons from that where I sometimes I'm like oh I can't visualize this at all and kind of trying to learn from like the good and bad of it um I read I would read scripts that I found like online from um there's like a lot of uh uh around like award season a lot of movies and tv shows start like putting their scripts online um that's good to know that's them. an interesting uh yeah tidbit. not everyone people might not know that yeah i know like i know a lot of the features definitely still do i don't know if all the tv shows do and definitely i don't think you can find that much animation uh but in general um yeah i would read a lot of that Oh, like something very general, like save the cat stuff uh, sure. is always helpful for me. And a lot of it was like the generosity of um, friends who would give me notes and uh, were really thoughtful and, and helpful. 
um, I, I had actually, I had taken a storyboarding class back at like CDA and that helped a lot with like story development too. Um, especially with like when you're trying to write it, even some of it, I, I pull as reference when I'm doing like recruiting work is just, uh, how to keep something kind of simple. Um, I feel, feel like a lot of us, uh, as artists always, when we're working on projects for like our portfolio, Mm -hmm. uh, are always like, all right, I gotta, I gotta make my epic. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yes. And anytime I'm even talking to students and then thinking of myself with my own stuff, it's like, all right, how do I pull this back? How do I simplify it? Because I know I can't write a Lord of the Rings epic in like the 30 pages of this sample script. So like, let's pick out like the best stuff of it. Like let's pick out the most interesting interactions and like boil it down simple and then add to it like with a little more flourish at the end. But you know, it took a while to kind of like figure that out. And even right now I'm like going through. It's tough. (laughs) It's tough. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's really hard. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I'm like currently trying to like write a pilot with a friend and we have written like three versions of the script already because it's like "Ah, too complicated (laughs) or like just too simple or this. And then it's like not funny enough. And you're like, all right, all right, all right. Just keep. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like you got to just keep massaging it and trying to figure it out. But even like, you know, you mentioned Lord of the Rings, but it's like even that started as The Hobbit, which is right. a pretty simple story, you know, and it's 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 a book. It's not 30 pages, but it but it's not Lord of the Rings. And then it from there, it developed into this whole thing. And so, like, even that mm-hmm. example is still valid because it's like you got to start small, like you got to just right. do something you can finish and then hope people like it. And then you'll have uh, motivation and incentive to, like, make it bigger and it won't For be sure. as painful. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah yeah throughout that I wound up getting like um a couple of scripts on some DC uh, superhero girls shorts uh for mm-hmm. like they just through WB and they, they did them for for YouTube and that came from um some like one friend had connected me to the story editor who uh is like really uh really excited for young talent and able to like you know recommend people and like all this all this stuff so I just kind of kept making some connections through people um and I got those those shorts which was probably my first like straight uh writing credit mm-hmm. and cool. um and that was that was super exciting and mm-hmm. I got to write for you know, Batgirl and Wonder Woman and um, uh, and Supergirl. I like think my biggest joy in that one was the um, I think uh, Batgirl had some sort of like personality change and she was really grumpy and I think we had her like uh, shoot a battering mm-hmm. to get a pizza. <laughs> why not oh it made me so happy it was like you know when you get those opportunities you're like oh my god this is like the best thing ever like let me keep doing this and um 
Uh, but you know, after that, I had I had gotten some smaller, uh, you know, little gigs um, that hadn't like panned out to too much bigger. So it was like a really long lull, um, like pretty much like a few years uh, before I started even getting my next uh, opportunity. Yeah. Um, that's something I, I don't know if like a lot of writers talk about, but even the most successful people I know, um, are just like sometimes really struggling to get the next thing, even if they've been on like a, like a super popular show. Yeah. Even if they're, you know, had been doing really well for a really long time. Um, it's, is a huge, it's a huge struggle. Uh, Yeah. I don't think we've heard, I think in general, like, you know, people come on the show and they talk about the successes and like, they'll sprinkle (laughs) in the times that it's been tough. The last one that I think really went hard in on the failures was Jake Mm -hmm. and uh, who's also a writer and is, you know, but it's like, Jake's amazing, but, (laughs) and that's the point. That's what's, you know, it's like, it doesn't it doesn't really matter how good you are. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's a tough thing to accept. And I've mm-hmm. gone through it. I'm sure Via's gone through it. And it's like, it's a tough thing to accept that it kind of doesn't matter unless you're like, an, uh, you know, once in a lifetime talent, which there are some here mm-hmm. and there. Uh, a lot of people are just like trying their best and it doesn't always happen. And you get those long, long breaks and like, but then, you know, you got to just ride those out and just like find other ways yeah. to to like make a living. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think I don't think enough people talk about it. And that's even, a shame and I'm glad you're bringing it up. Yeah, even the people I know who are like those right out of school, like everyone thinks they're genius or they're super successful and like hop straight to borders. They have different. They have their own struggles. They're just different than, you know, what um what some of us have gone through where it's like a really long uh the what, what is it what is it called in like fan fiction um the slow burn just have a slow burn it's a slow a burn <laughs> it's a, well it's or you know it's it's slow and steady like that's also yeah. fine yeah um you're also seeing people's highlight reels you know like oh I think 100%. That, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're seeing all the best stuff, but you're not because you're not paying attention to everybody's life all the time. And God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you don't you don't even pay attention to when things aren't going well for them, and they're not yeah. probably not public about it, which is they're they're right. But um, yeah. Also, because like, you have like you know like sayings like "fake it till you make it" yeah. kind of stuff. So there is a culture of like show only when things are going right, and yeah. it's like. Um, but it's, it's, it's so, it makes it easy to forget about that, like the hard times, which is funny because when you watch a movie, you want to see the character going through a really hard time. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see the struggle. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny too, because I have always tried to, uh, you know, especially, I feel like, especially for girls, it is always like a pressure to try and be as confident as possible mm-hmm. uh or appearing that way and i always try to kind of be positive on my social media but kind of as a result it gets really frustrating when you have friends that are like oh yeah but aren't yeah. you like 
doing it? Aren't you doing all the things? And I'm like, no, I, I need you guys to, to be aware that I'm, I'm looking for work and you know, it's but you so don't, tough. It, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, no, I was just gonna yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> I was just gonna say like, it, it does ha like, I, I relate to what you're saying about like being, a um, I don't know without going too like on too much on their feminist rant but like as a woman i feel like uh you know you, you there's like more expectations to just like not complain and just do the the the, mm -hmm. the job like like better and uh you're so there's like less i don't know like getting at least in my experience i've I try not to complain or not to talk about when things are tough. And so it does happen when I do open up to like a friend of mine, they're like, really? I had no idea. And then you're like, Ugh. <laughs> All right. yeah, I get it. I get your point of view. I'm not going to be mad at you, but gosh, dig it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And people really, you know, they're, they're in their own, space probably also right. dealing with their own um issues and you know from that i've sort of learned like really I, you need to let people know like hey by the way i'm looking or hey like i have a new sample like can i mm -hmm. can i share it with you and um you know I, I always feel like i'm like apologizing for my existence which i'm still <laughs> working on yeah, yeah that's yeah that's tough that's that's just being an artist. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot, yeah. A lot of us struggle with that. Uh, yeah. So I, I've been at uh, Cartoon Network for over for about four years, uh, and within that, though, I, I finally uh, this summer got some eleven-minute uh, freelance from Titmouse on an unannounced project that I'm very, Ooh, very excited yeah. to eventually announce. <laughs> <Nice, nice. laughs> Yeah, you know eventually. the struggle um yeah so that was really great well I, I guess I, I should go back to say um you know during the the pandemic the start of the pandemic uh not being able to to go anywhere I kind of uh a few things happened I started writing a lot more some of it was like personal like fan fiction um and some of it was scripts and then ben and i uh started working together my husband ben um mm -hmm. working together to make the baker's dozen shorts and mm -hmm. uh that wound up being like such an amazing thing like the bakers were a um a script i had written uh as a sample and uh, we decided like, hey, like maybe a way to get my writing out there would be to like work on a short and have something kind of attached to it. And we did that and um, that was a wonderful experience. We found this amazing composer, um, Mark Sparling. Yes. We had got some help from some like my friend, um, uh, well, Cheyenne Curtis had already uh designed the the characters kind of actually ben had surprised me like a couple of years ago and had them um uh had them designed as like a birthday present for me oh, that's, right. that's sweet. so sweet yeah. i love that he had been like who would you love uh to see draw these characters and i'm like i love cheyenne and 
and then he like went and and did it and i was like oh my god and um so and they have it like it's kind of crazy because you know i i would figure that i would probably be very um uh i don't know like precious about like oh what are they gonna look like but she got them so perfect that like all right that's great (laughs) it's perfect um so uh the the characters that had already been designed um my friend matt doring helped us pick some colors i was very determined to color it (laughs) which Mm -hmm. ben kept being like it could just be a board and i'm like no i think i need to color it and he's like okay um we like fine and like (laughs) i'm sorry i'm difficult (laughs) and there there i go and um and so we did the short and that was really great. And around that time I started being in a writer's group with like some super talented, wonderful writers. And that has been like a super game changer of just having like, all right, I need to get something done this month. And sometimes it, I miss a month, but you know, for the most part, it's um, it's been really wonderful to have like a group of us that like, every month go and um, work on our own projects and share them and get feedback and then, you know, talk about our struggles in the industry together. And um, I, from there, wrote a sample that I'm really, really proud of that was about um, my, connected to my great-grandma who was a uh, bra fitter for the Saks Fifth avenue in beverly hills (laughs) i had like Mm -hmm. decided to write like a musical about uh bras and getting your first bra Mm -hmm. and time traveling interesting yeah and time traveling to um meet her uh great grandma who was the bra fitter and that helped get this current freelance that was you know which was really cool to have something so scary personal <laughs> in you know in writing and hand it to, to people and be like here's my heart on um, no. page like yeah. like really really personal heart um and i got a really great response from it and that has helped me build a lot more connections and like meet more people this year so um yeah <laughs> I feel like that kind of comes back to and then and, and Ben and I are still working on more Baker's shorts we really love working on them together we've been able to hire some friends to do the drawings the do the board slash animation with us and um yeah that's been a really cool very eye-opening experience to trying to lead other people <laughs> Uh, which I had not gotten to do before. Yeah. yeah, you're basically like a like a showrunner. Yeah, you're like running your own like indie show. Yeah. That's so independent cool. producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it yeah. starts. Yes. And if other people don't let you do it, don't wait for permission. Just do it yourself. Yeah, and that's been so nice to just make something without like having to worry about like satisfying any sort of network or like. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's just never, it's never, it's (laughs) always like, it's a tough thing to start, but, um, having gone through the development grind and and we all know how it goes. It's like when you come out the other end with still having not accomplished anything, it's like, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, why didn't I just do this myself? And but it's you know it's because it's hard and like mm -hmm. and you you can't get the scope that you probably imagine in your head. But um, the process should be the fun part. And and I it's it's tough when you're starting out and you have all these ideas. And going back to you know you were saying about things being epic and and scaling back. And it's like yeah. you want to. That's why you want to start small. That's why you want to just mm -hmm. do little things because like when you go too big and you aim for the sun, it's like yeah. it, it just burns you out that much harder and that much faster. Mm -hmm. So for sure. It's tough. Um, I would love to ask you about like how, how being in uh, uh, talent development has like helped your uh, writing and artistic career and has it hurt you in some ways, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I really feel like I kind of, honestly recently come to a nice like realization like that that it's that talent development and writing have really being kind of mashed together i i spent a lot well let me let me rewind that actually <laughs> um yeah i'd really love to talk about um how writing and talent development in my career have sort of merged ish together. Uh, I always felt like for a while that I should try and keep them separate, but I've really being, you know, in that sort of recruitment role has helped so much as a writer because I see a lot of what happens in the, the chaotic process of people trying to get work and, uh, so much of the time in writing, it's very, it can be really lonely. It can be very, um, it can be uh, like such a challenge. You put, you send your, you work so hard on a sample, you send it out, you don't hear anything or you, you know, there, there's only so many shows that get greenlit every year. So you're just kind of always like waiting to see like, when's the right time to send my stuff. And there's like so much stress on like, oh, everyone secretly hates me <laughs> or like, mm. or they hated the stuff and they're just being nice. And the the thing I realized in recruiting for me and I try to tell artists as often as I can, especially the ones that I like support super hard is just like, you never realize how many people are advocating for you, especially if you've been around, especially if they know you. Uh, you never realize how many people are really fighting for you you don't know all the whatever drama is going on sometimes it's it most of the time it's just completely within without it's completely um you know within no one's control like there's so many factors going on and it kind of gives me a little bit of peace as a writer to keep going it's like look like sometimes the timing is not right sometimes uh the the it's just wrong place, wrong time. And you kind of keep going and making new stuff and keeping people in the loop, like, Hey, like, you know, this is my newest thing or just trying yep. to learn to pivot and, you know, okay, this Avenue isn't working out the way I thought it would. Well, I'm going to try doing this. I'm going to try and make a short, I'm going to make a new type of sample that's different than what I've done before. I'm going to talk to these people that I haven't talked to before um or start go be in a writer's group you know like just trying to 
Yeah. I, I feel so much of animation is learning to pivot and it is always a nice reminder in recruiting. Sometimes crazy lucky things happen. Like last month I saw um, an artist post about looking for work. Their work was a perfect match for a show that just happened to tell me they were looking for that role. I was able to recommend them and they started yeah. the next Monday. And That's awesome. that, yeah. that is so, that one feels so good. I love it when that happens. It's like so, so wonderful to see people it's wonderful to see people get work. Um, yeah, because you're rooting <laughs> for them too. Like you also yeah. want to help. Yeah, you want to see people succeed. There's people I've seen that are amazing that I'm always trying to root for, and then um, and it doesn't always work out, and I don't always even know why. Uh, and sure. and so I try to keep that perspective for myself too. Um, you know, the, the further I've gone in, like trying to like hold on to certain positives of people giving good feedback or even taking the time to read any of your stuff is just like such an honor. Um, and just holding on to those, like those moments and remembering like, look, like it's, it's okay. It's there's, it's, if it's not this one, there's something better coming and you just gotta keep going. Otherwise you might never find out yeah i think so. yeah you told me because like i've been you know i've been or was looking for work all year but mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about what i'm doing um but like i i'm always yeah, rooting I like, for you gene i know well, so you told me like you you know because i was bugging you about uh jobs at cn and like and you told me exactly that that it's like people are rooting for you and it actually like it meant something i was like Oh, that's nice. Like, you just want to hear that sometimes. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I know that like, you know, I think that a lot of people, I'm lucky to be friends with some, you know, recruiters and, and people in talent development. And so it's like, I know that they are trying and it's mm -hmm. not, it's never, well, maybe not never, but it's most of the time <laughs> it's not personal. Right. You know, like if you're, if you're not landing those gigs, like, and you, you've tried to be a nice person, like it's, it's probably not you. It's probably just timing and, and uh, skill sets don't always line up and people are looking for very specific things on shows. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, yeah, it's like all I, I know that all I can do is just like poke recruiters that I know every mm -hmm. month or two or whatever. And like, if there's nothing that's lining up, that mm -hmm. it's just timing. Like you, that's why mm -hmm. you gotta just keep trying because sometimes, you know, a position just got filled or right. whatever. And so you just don't know. And I feel like every opportunity I've gotten was like, whoops something just opened up we're gonna we're gonna need somebody <laughs> next week are yeah. you ready to start and i'm like fuck uh uh yes okay i guess and uh sometimes that's good and sometimes there's a misfire and you shouldn't have taken it <laughs> which i've had both and, and yeah that's the other that's the other side of it too is it's like sometimes you take a job and it turns out you shouldn't have taken it you know yeah. and the timing was the, was bad for you and not just for for uh the show or whatever mm -hmm. um and so uh yeah it's just a big a big mess of circumstance and coincidence and, and um, that's really frustrating to to i'm sure to hear for a lot of people and to realize yeah. um and i it's why i tell like i i am very lucky to be quite good at at this at, at my current day job and sure. um you know i i think there's something really important about like when I was first coming in, just realizing like, all right, these, this is where my skill sets are. And I'm going to lean into that. 
right now, even though it's not like my end all goal. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like pivoting and trying different things and, you know, seeing what hits and what people respond to. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen people like pop back and forth between, you know, they, do they want to do design or do they want to do boards? And, uh, you know, you can always tell when they hit something that is really good mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. and they're happy mm-hmm. doing it and they're excited to be mm-hmm. part of it is such a huge difference. And then sometimes, but sometimes, you know, the job doesn't immediately follow up. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's just got to keep going and trying to push yourself and, you know, trying to go easy on yourself. And I say this yeah. talking to myself as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. we got to remind ourselves of it, too. I think what you said about pivoting is so important. I, I love I love pivoting. I, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I feel like all I've done in my life is pivot and and uh again it's like the highlight reel thing and uh, people what other people's career expectations and goals might be just just because what somebody else is doing lines up with what you want to do doesn't mean that they're happy with where they are and Mm -hmm. that's tricky because it's like um i've had some accomplishments in my life and in my career but i have a much higher goal and I'm always adjusting and it, and the pivot doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't always come after a failure. It also comes after successes because sometimes it's like, Oh, this was good. This, this yeah. was good, but now I want to do something else and you want to pursue a new goal. And mm-hmm. but then one might not work out and you're like, shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me try it this way. So it's like, it doesn't always mean, it doesn't always mean pivot after failure. It just means keep pivoting because that's better for you, for you as a mm-hmm. person, as an artist, whatever. It's like you challenging yourself. Um, and so I think that's super important. I think having a linear, having an idea of a linear career path is like unreasonable. Like you should not, you should not. (laughs) I I had a career advisor in college tell me, uh, like maybe the best piece of advice I've got in my life, but it was, you know, one of them for sure. And it was like, if you get an opportunity, don't, even if it doesn't feel like what you want, you shouldn't automatically turn it down because it might lead to other things. And Mm -hmm. it, has been so true throughout my life. Like it's constantly like, I'm like, ah, this isn't what I was hoping for, but I can kind of see how to navigate Mm -hmm. and get back to where I need to be at a later stage. You know, it's like, it's like in games or you have to like take the, the weird shortcut or not even the shortcut. Sometimes you take the long way, you know, to get to where you need to be, (laughs) but you still got there. And so it's like, just gotta be open-minded and gotta pivot. And, um, and I, I, I love to hear, I love to hear from people who, well, I mean, this whole show is about that. It's like talking <laughs> to people who don't have that linear path and, ha- and have tried different things and have a day job and a hustle, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're doing the, their creative stuff on the side. Cause that's kind <laughs> of more common really. Yeah. It's definitely more common probably than most people realize. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we've had a ton of questions come in. Yay. <laughs> and I would love to ask them. Sure. So let me see. Let me see. Well, first of all, at Bruce Greenberg asked. Uh, <laughs> <who> your, <laughs> Sorry. Asked, I, I guess that's somebody, you know, mm-hmm. um, asked who are your major influences outside of the industry, which is something we always ask anyway. Yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> oh, hi, dad. Yeah. So your dad. Yeah. I don't know if he'll listen this far, far in. Um, better. Uh, but. You better be listening, um, Bruce. 
Uh, I guess my dad, my, my parents were very, like, heavily influential. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what are my, my influences? You know, like, I was very heavily following, like, all the, the big animators, you know, that, that I had said earlier were in all of the, the behind the scenes. You go back in, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think influences are kind of hit you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used this story as, as sort of an example recently where back when I was a uh, secretary at Disney, we would be at this, um, we had this really cute little, like, they called it blanketeers. I think they still, they all still meet up there. The people that like knit and sew get together for lunch once a week and one of the people there uh, was one of my super big heroes of all time um sherry stoner she was working on 7d at the time and i don't know if you know who sherry is but she wrote on animaniacs and tiny tunes and she was the voice of slappy the squirrel and she was also the the uh the acting reference for Ariel and Little Mermaid. Um, so I was like a total, total geek about it, but tried to mm-hmm. be pretty, pretty chill about it. And the, I don't 100% remember what she had said. Um, but one day she like had responded in a way that when I, when I heard her talk, I was like, man, that's, that's a, that's, that's a really specific phrase that I feel like I would say. And it kind of like hit me in like on the head, like, oh my gosh, she wrote so many of these characters I super idolized growing up, like Babs Bunny and Dot. I really looked up to the characters, to characters like that, especially since they were kind of the main girls of their respective shows. And it was almost kind of a wild moment of like, wow, like we all got to be careful what we write because... Uh, kids really absorb all of these things to a point where something she said and wrote like you know 25 years prior is something that is part of my own like dialogue um Mm -hmm. and that was kind of a wild realization but i i would think uh people like sherry are like a huge uh influence um What's the question outside of animation? Because my dad asked it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. my dad. Um, outside of animation, I uh, I love <laughs> I love Broadway shows. I love um, and just like I feel like in strange ways, different aspects of like Disneyland, even though that's sort of animation adjacent. Um, my my dad and I watch like so many movies together um and a lot of that i think is sort of like just like in my everyday speak a lot of like back to the future and we love almost famous and oh sure um there's some some we would watch like ocean's 11 like all the time the the george clooney one <laughs> there mm-hmm. was like always like my dad would, and and my mom um you know they they got divorced when i was uh pretty young but i was always being taken to like concerts and um you know my 
I was like the little kid that got to sit at the bar at like, um, got at Largo. <laughs> like they, mm-hmm. they too. It was funny because my dad would take me to like concerts with um, uh, so many different people. But there, the big one was always uh Sam Phillips who uh did the music for Gilmore Girls and um, oh. I think does some music for Mrs. Maisel now. Sure, yeah, probably. And she does her own, she's done her own music for forever, but my dad and I would go to the concert so much. And we were generally the only like father daughter <laughs> pair at a lot of these uh, concerts. So we became pretty well recognized and. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was really That's cute. Um, so I like so much, so much of that, that stuff just sort of like, you know, embedded its way into me. Um, yeah. Uh, that I that I feel like that I, I started um, reading again more, and I think that I'm trying to kind of get different types of things outside of animation <laughs> uh, into my work. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think that's so that's such a good thing to mention. I do feel like it's so easy to just get sucked into animation and have just mm-hmm. animation be your whole life, and it's like no, you gotta actively. <laughs> try to look for other things because else you just you know it's it becomes like the thing that talks about itself you know what i'm saying it's like you know the memes where it's just like like a the i don't know it's like someone thinking about themselves thinking about themselves you know it becomes this thing yeah it's like no you're not yeah i I think i've said it before but it's like you got to add more ingredients to the stew you can't just keep like pouring it back in the pot um that's a struggle uh, like I, I have recently tried to been like should be like I need I need other hobbies, but I feel guilty as someone who has a day job and then has the writing stuff. Um, you know, like I always feel like I should be working on the writing if I'm not doing my day job, and that's such a hard balance because you're you're sitting there like oh I should be like doing this, and instead of like oh you know what like it's okay like. I can relax, I can take a break and I can absorb other types of, you know, media and experiences that will, you know, theoretically come back in different ways and like yep. that's okay, but oh god, it's it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. yeah. At Jodoro6 asked, would you consider yourself a good artist if you can copy different styles but you're unable to make your own? Yeah. I, I, think I, I, I think so. I I feel like uh, so much of the the job, you know, depending on which position you're in, uh, I feel like so much of it is you're you're on someone else's project and yeah. you need to adapt to that show. Um, so being able to have the technical skill to go from different yeah. styles is is a huge part of it. Whether you're board artists or especially if you're a designer you definitely need to to adapt depends on your goals too i think you Mm -hmm. know like if if your only goal is to get a a gig in the industry then like yes you you better learn how to draw other people's styles yeah um but if you're just interested in doing your own stuff for fun or whatever then like whatever (laughs) yeah oh absolutely yeah and and i feel like i don't really um match other people's styles super well and that was kind of part of where that's part for me where I was like, oh, I don't really want to try to adapt to other people's stuff. And, and to be fair, I've seen some 
board artists where they don't quite adapt and it works for the show that they're on Mm -hmm. and their stuff is fantastic and um it doesn't need to be an exact match but there are boarding gigs where yeah you need to draw very close to the model because that's you know the setup of their pipeline they for overseas yeah oh god there's so many questions in there i know sorry i talk too much (laughs) no you're fine i'm just oh that was great yeah 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 uh do you mind answering some recruiting questions yeah go for it uh so disclaimer this is jesse's opinion this does not reflect uh any studio it doesn't even reflect any recruiter (laughs) any other recruiter i guess but i think that people would love to just kind of get some insight from somebody who's on that side of things to kind of figure out how to best breach that (laughs) that wall Mm -hmm. so somebody said uh how uh at cash ceo oh sorry at at cash asked um how best can someone without an animation background prepare to work in the industry (sighs) I think the the best things you can do are one if if you found this podcast you're probably already kind of doing some of the right things like looking yeah. uh looking for those resources there are so so many resources right now um so many talented artists are sharing their uh knowledge via just different uh podcasts via just randomly on twitter and granted you you can't always listen to everyone uh not every bit of advice is like super super accurate but um there's so many podcasts there's so many classes there's so many you know uh like just so many resources out there i'd say that is a huge first step um and kind of like listening to people and looking at their work and thinking about what type of jobs that you're really interested in and look up the, I always say like, look up your favorite shows, look at what the credits are on those shows, especially more recent shows within the last, you know, five, uh, Mm -hmm. five years, I would say, uh, take a look at those, uh, artists and look up and see if they have portfolios in them. To be fair, not everyone has a public portfolio, but, you know, keep doing that type of research, looking at what they are posting. Sometimes some of them have their own, you know, uh, blogs or Instagrams of just like fan art. And then on the side, they have their professional portfolio. Uh, You know, look at what they're posting. Look at how they present themselves. Um, Everyone does it a little bit differently. Uh, but you'll just start seeing certain patterns of how people present, you know, storyboards versus design versus uh, any other uh, job there. You'll kind of start seeing there's a lot of different types of jobs out there, stuff you might not even realize uh, are are jobs. Um, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of different stuff. There's I didn't so think much. I would get into background design, and that's how I that was my first gig. I like you never yeah. know. Yeah, you, you kind of forget, like, wow, there's there's someone that, that exists to, to do these, like, different roles. And uh, there's so, like, all a lot of the studios, especially this last year, have been putting out, like, webinars and 
uh, you know, inf- informative posts. And, you know, if, if you're looking at anything kind of older than like five to 10 years, uh, some stuff might be a little outdated. A lot of stuff changes, but yeah. uh, I think it's all a pretty good window more so than ever before uh, into what, what it, what these jobs, what working in animation is like. Yeah. Uh, related to that, uh, mm-hmm. at second to last, Noel asked, hi, Jesse, I'm sure you see a lot of websites as a recruiter. So what are some ways <laughs> to make your website recruiter friendly? Also, what are some things to avoid when making your portfolio website? Um, I think just being very clear and if I go to your website, I'm not generally spending like a ton of ton of time unless I really kind of get like, oh, this is really interesting and dig into it. But you very quickly have to go onto this website and have a clear idea of like what this person wants to do um, and how to contact them. And uh, there's so many different ways to set it up. But if you, I, I say like, try to have different tabs of like, say you're going for different, you're not entirely sure exactly what job you want yet. Maybe you're going back and forth between some things, having different tabs, focusing on, you know, those parts of your portfolio, um, really curating it to uh, not just like random drawings you've done, but like, these are my best pieces of work that really show what I can do. Um, And it's just making it very easy, very clear. uh, And make it very easy for me to figure out how to email you i like Mm -hmm. having the emails up there um and yeah i i think that's so so much of it it is doesn't have to be a specific uh type of website platform uh i've seen people use like uh just a blog spot with their with their work as long as it's curated and then if you have uh you know your own personal fun drawings on your instagram that's totally cool like totally love seeing that stuff that um i i feel like there's all like a little bit of separation of like here's the presentable portfolio that shows exactly what i want to do and here's my fun page of stuff that i just like enjoy posting yeah uh, at Molly Monster asked, what are the best approaches to staying in touch with a recruiter, both when you're job hunting and when you're employed? It probably depends on the recruiter. Um, yeah. I very, I try to, on my LinkedIn, have it very clear, like how I want people to, um, contact me and a lot of people ignore it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, definitely just like try to see or, or ask, you can always ask them, um, like, is there a, a appropriate way for me to contact you? Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we're able to go to events, but uh, that's not been, <laughs> uh, that's been a little bit difficult because of the pandemic. But sure. um, yeah, I would say like, you know, when you're looking for work, uh, reach out to the recruiters, you know, every few months or so. I wouldn't make it like a weekly thing because generally there aren't really any major updates, but uh, on like that, like intensive a basis. Um, but I, I'd say it's okay to reach out every, you know, every few months unless, unless something really changes like, Hey, I, and you can use things like 
hey, I did a whole new um, piece for my portfolio, like a whole new, like if not just one drawing, but like, oh, I have a whole new project I want to share with you. Um, that's a good reason to reach out to a recruiter or I just finished this freelance job or I just finished this work and I'm available. Um, that's a great reason to reach out. Uh, everything. <laughs> Did yeah. I answer that? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that was great. Okay. Yeah. Some uh, at Cadet Katie asked, "How are you balancing your time on your side projects? What takes priority?" <laughs> um, I don't know how I'm doing that. <laughs> I, just doing your best. Yeah, just doing my best and trying to take some breaks. And you know, I have a few projects that I go back and forth between when one is just a real struggle. And I'm not getting where I want to be uh, with it. Sometimes I I recently try to like switch stuff around where I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to be working in a different format and just completely try to do something different. Um, as with time, uh, <laughs> I try, I still try to get good sleep and um, not mm -hmm. try to like, harm myself trying to get so. the stuff done yeah yeah um and, and sometimes it just means this stuff takes a lot longer than you and i would like um and you know and, and asking for help when i'm really stuck on something and i feel like this is actually going into the yeah like, creative block it's <laughs> oops yeah. yeah we haven't really talked about it yeah, uh, but I, I think with balancing as far as like time stuff is just like knowing when to take breaks and go easy on yourself and and make really make a schedule for yourself as well. I think that's really helpful, whether it's it's, you know, planning with a friend. Um, I had re had a friend. We were both like preparing, I think, for um, applying to like the Nick writing program and uh, this year I, I hadn't actually applied because I ended up getting my freelance. So I was kind of like focusing on that. But in the beginning, I helped my friend by saying, all right, like, let's plan out like our deadlines for like, all right, let's plan on the premise in a week. Let's plan on the outline in like two weeks and, you know, kind of almost emulating like a, a real schedule, maybe a little bit longer if you're having a day job and being reasonable on yourself and uh it worked really well where i was able to finish uh, a project with that and uh, she was able to finish her projects and apply to the program and i think that that is a huge help is just like having deadlines having friends that you help commit yourselves to it and you know just trying to go easy on yourself when it, it gets a little too much sure uh, at Abigail Abbey asked, uh, hello, Jesse, what are your dream projects as a writer? <laughs> um, I have so many like little projects that I've just been running through and, you know, I love to do more Baker's Dozen. I love to, uh, uh, I have like this like theme park project I've been noodling at for years and I have like a few others that I'm you know currently working on but like other than that um, and other than I just really 
my dream is to keep working with all these friends that I super admire and want to make stuff with. That's always like the most exciting thing ever. But but other than that, like there's so many, I, I know not everyone's crazy about um, uh, like reboots mm-hmm. and stuff, but there's so much stuff that I would like, be like, I would drop sure, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd love yeah. to be on, I love Marvel stuff right now. I would love to be on something um, related with that. But I, I love like girl superheroes. I there's like so many old Disney and Nickelodeon shows that I would just love to like I hope they make a Jimmy Neutron <laughs> like somehow reboot um uh I thought about recently how much I love uh Pepper Ann from the 90s and the Weekenders there's like some like I think there's something about like kids going and be like having like big fantasy fantasy oh, blah. Oh, I, I like um, a lot of those worlds and uh, damn there's so many there is a lot yeah but that's that's <laughs> yeah I mean I, everyone I think there's like we're in an age of reboots and nostalgia yeah. and like everyone <laughs> has their their little short list of like oh man give me a oh, crack wow. at this yeah. I know if they ever if, if I would love uh, anything Animal Crossing if it ever came here. Oh, my. Yeah. <sighs> Do you know about the... there's um there's like a Animal Crossing anime movie? Do you know about that? I've watched it and oh, okay. um, Ben found cute. it and it's very cute. And but like the copy of it we had like half of it was not subtitled and it's only in Japanese. Uh, but you kind of get the, the the feeling of it. You're like, all right, I, I really, my favorite part, the reason why I know about it is because there was a clip going around of KK Slider who's like, uh, now I'm gonna play a song for you. And he's like he has this really <laughs> low, like sexy voice. He's like, now it's time for me to play a song. And then it's like oh my gosh. Ah, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and they just like kept the video game music and it's like, oh that's so funny. It's yeah, uh, so it's good. very charming. Yes, I love the part where it's like they have the uh, spoiler for the end of the twenty-year-old movie, spoiler but um, but they have like an alien shows up, and you're like, "What is this gonna yeah. be?" And it ends up being Gulliver. <laughs> it just cracks yeah. me up all the time. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's so many things, fun things that would be a delight to be part of, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we have time for one more question, mm-hmm. and I thought this one was interesting. From at Lotion Drinker, what a name. Uh, hey, Jesse, I was wondering if your art style is reflected anywhere else in your life. Like maybe it's similar to your home decor or the clothes you wear, or is your art a completely different identity to your day-to-day life? I do think that like some of it sort of comes back into like the clothing I wear, although I, I feel like the pandemic sort of adapted my clothes <laughs> uh <Yeah>. clothing style <laughs> that, sweatpants um, chic yeah I, I i keep it I, I try to you know you can't see me right now but i try to kind of keep it together and keep wearing cute lipstick and stuff and i and it like made my house very very cute and nerdy um mm-hmm. and messy which is also a little bit of me and my drawings in general like, yeah so yeah i don't think i've ever seen that question it's a it's an interesting one because i think Mm -hmm. i think that like i mean even looking around my apartment like everything's very neat and a lot of bold you have a very clean style 
and that's too, it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's, there's something about it that does kind of tie into everything else you do. And I know what V's place looks like and it's very like organic feeling and oh. a lot of plants and I don't know. It's yeah. I think we, we create the, the spaces, the little cozy spaces that we want to like live in. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I just want to ask is like, what are your goals for the future for your career and <laughs> life in general? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I really want to uh, move over into the writing side, but um, I do have like a like ideal where it would be really cool if I could still do some aspects of recruiting, but in a, you know, like almost the freelance sort of way, almost kind of flipping things. Um, because they're consulting maybe also yeah i there's so much of um i i really like being able to help people and give feedback and uh you know and kind of like so much of animation is all about casting and there's this kind of a, a real fun aspect of it um so i i do like being able to do a lot of that stuff but i really just want to uh finally kind of jump into the creative side uh full time and i love to be able to keep doing more with bakers i have so many like general uh big <laughs> i have so many big plans for it and we're slowly crawling through trying to make some more shorts and yeah, and see where that takes us um and yeah there's so many like little baby projects that i keep nurturing and i'd like to try and like you know go and write bigger things like try to write a feature or try to write a novel so i'm kind of like just trying to expand and and learn and make more stuff i like making more stuff yeah doing stuff fun. is fun it is doing stuff is good um <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug while you're on here? You plug your Twitter, plug whatever you want. Yeah. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and, and TikTok um, under my name. It's just Jesse Juano. There's mm-hmm. nothing, no, no secret uh, names going on there. And you can, uh, the links on my page should link to um, the Baker's Dozen shorts, which I'm very proud of. Um, but you can mm-hmm. also follow yeah. Uh, Baker's Twitter, which has all the updates, and that's I think Baker's Cousins. Mm-hmm. That I should check that. <laughs> nice. Thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. That was that was a great episode. Yeah. Yay! Oh, cool. That's the end of this creative block. Thanks to Jesse for being our guest and sharing her story. Thanks for having me. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative Without the Vowel where we ask for drunk prompts and questions to ask for guests. Huge thanks to my sister Clements for editing the podcast. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Jean. And I was B. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.